Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Girlfriend's Guide Podcast. I'm your host, Tati. And I'm your host, Ellie. And we just want to say thank you for joining us on another episode. We want to apologize that two weeks ago we did not have an episode ready for you guys. Technology wasn't our friend. But baby, we are here with this episode. This is the episode you were supposed to hear. But yes. now it's even greater than the last time. Because we get to do it again. We'll get to add yeah. a little extra extra to it. Yes. Um, you guys know how we do. We usually catch up and then we dive right in. Honestly, I do I got much to catch up on? No. There's, not, there's not much to really catch up on. Life is life. You know, we got a new, we got something else that's out nowadays. It's not COVID, but it's something oh, else. So, monkeypox, you know, so. We got time. I don't even want to talk just, about that. Just stay safe, you know, until so we get further, you know, further information on it. But I know that there's uh, vaccines going around Mass General, Tux Medical Center. If you want to find more information out, you can go on CDC website. Just be safe, y'all. But be outside, but be safe. Be as outside as you can. Um, what does it say? Yeah, nothing. I'm broke, still. And <laughs> but that's okay. That's, that's okay, because okay, on this episode of Girlfriend's Guide Podcast, we're going to talk about how to get our life together. Okay. <laughs> the struggle for being broke in your 20s and how no one talks about that. So yeah. <laughs> that is what the episode is about. So to just dive right in, we have a guest that you guys have all seen before. If you're new to us, you may not have, you may not know her, but we have lovely mm-hmm. Jada of Greenline Planner here to discuss everything surrounding finances. So Jada, thank you for coming on. Thank you for coming on again. Thank you for recording this again. <laughs> and go ahead and introduce yourself to our lovely audience. Thanks, y'all, for having me on here again. <laughs> I am Jada, and I'm a budget coach for young adults in their 20s. I help y'all basically budget your money and figure out how to do this adulting thing um, and really take charge of your life through taking charge of your finances first. And so you can find me at Greenline Planner on Instagram. And yes, today we're going to dive into all that good information because y'all are not the only ones. I'm right there in the same boat with y'all feeling broke. (laughs) (laughs) So I think definitely what I want to just start. So brokenness in your 20s, the struggle what does that look like? Because I know some people look at people, like for me, I live at home. So when I tell people like at my job, yeah, I live at home, I'm broke, they're like, girl, you ain't even got no bills. Like It's not like you're ashamed to have no money at this age because you have no real life bills. Or even if you're due, they're just like, girl, you're 20 years old, like get another job. But I don't want to. So there's a shame that comes with being financially not where you want to be at this age. And there's a struggle. So what do you think for the average 20 something year old, what does uh, the financial struggle look like? Honestly, a lot of the struggle comes with just the trial and error of figuring out how you work in relation with your money. Um, and I know that a lot of it is mindset because we can have all of the things that we need in order to pay our bills. But if we want more for ourselves, then we're looking at our situation as half empty instead of half full. And so a lot of times it is perspective, but a lot of time it also is about how much we actually are making, whether you're fresh out of college 
or you've already been in the work industry and you're trying to improve and elevate in your career, the 20s are hard. And especially with everything that's going on right now, it is even harder to find your way. Um, find your way through the new working environment that we have with all the teleworking, um, finding your way through the inflation that's going on, finding your way through um, just the job market period and trying to balance, well, do I want to work for somebody else or put that efforts towards my own foundation that I want to build? So there's all these new questions that are coming up um, nowadays, especially in 2022. So being in your 20s is, I feel, even more difficult mentally to kind of wrap your head around your financial state because there's so many things thrown at you. And especially if you're just jumping into adulthood and all these things are coming, it kind of feels like you're already starting um, behind the line. You're already starting at a, like a negative beatdown point and you're trying to even just get to a point of normalcy. Um, and so for, for now, I would say, honestly, be okay with being in the struggle. Um, we are in our 20s. If that's the time where we have the least amount to lose, um, but it also is a really pivotal time for us to learn this information so that we can start building on our foundation. So we're in that sweet spot where we like our decisions are okay if we mess up because we have enough time to fix them, but they're also really important, the decisions that we're making, because it does affect the rest of our life. So I, I kind of get the, <laughs> the uneasiness and the edginess of it all. It does bother me too. So I trust me, I get it. One thing that you said that I love is kind of like we're in that sweet spot of like, this is the time where we're going to be broke, be broke, but also like, let's help us not be broke. And I also feel like with our generation, the millennials and the Gen Z's coming after us, like, we're the generation of, I'm going to do it, in terms of like a lot, entrepreneurship is in our blood. And I love to see it. You think a lot of us just taking the leap, like, you know what? I have this nine to five, eh, it's paying the bills, but I'm miserable. And I have this passion that I love. And I don't have the time to devote to it, but I saved up enough to fund it. And then people are putting their jobs, putting everything into their, you know, their passion and becoming entrepreneurs. But then you run out of money or it's a lot more money than you think. So it's just kind of like, it sucks. It sucks that it's like, we want to do all of this, but kind of like to go and do that, you kind of have to be broke for a little bit. Like to put your money into your passion and to quit your job or even just devote more time into your passion compared to your nine to five that's supposed to be financing your purpose. Like you go through that period of like, yeah, I have no money because I know me, at least when I first started this podcast, the lawyer fees and ugh, we was... Mm, we still haven't made that back yet. Stress. <laughs> and due time. In due time, we will. We will. And I remember um, on our previous episode with you, you talked about, um, you know, the mindset of like, yeah, we can be broke, but also budgeting is so important. Like our lifestyle plays such an important role in how we spend our money. And I never thought about it like that, like, Yes, I'm broke now, but how, what is making me broke? So ever since we met from our last episode, what I do is that, and you guys can go ahead and check that episode out. Um, what I do is that I go back from my spending and then instead of like, you know, I have my budget, I go back and be like, okay, what did I spend in the month of July? Okay, I saw that I spent $500 at Sephora why did I spend $500 at Sephora? What was I feeling on that day? Oh, I, I spent a lot of money on Uber this month. What made me feel like that? Was I feeling a little stressed? Was I feeling a little, you know, expensive? Like 
dealing also with the emotions and also what are my traumas with like spending that's leading me to spend certain ways. And that's also important to know, um, know how you spend because yes, you can be broke, but let's understand how to budget. And we have a budget coach right here, um, how to budget and also how are you spending? Because it's okay to be broke. It's okay to be living within your mean. That means that, Hey, if you're making, um, you know, 3k a month, right. And you're using up that 3k a month, but you're paying your bills. That's brokenness, but that's okay because you're knowing how you're spending, whether it's paying your bills, that's okay. I feel like that's okay. Yeah, I, I like the fact that you touched on the emotional part, um, but I want to define broke a little bit because um, I like to say that broke is more of a mentality um, because that really kind of correlates with helplessness and it kind of correlates with like being down with no way up and you're broken and not being able to fix it. And so this feels like it's something that you have to fix. Um, but if you have the right mindset and like you said, all your bills are paid, but you just don't have that extra money to spend on Sephora or spend on the things that you want instead of need, you're comfortable. And so as long as you got food in your house, you got gas in your car and everything that you need to survive is taken care of, you're doing good. Like you're doing great. Um, it's a lot of the extra stuff that we look to, especially on social media, um, that we want to, you know, fill our lives with that really puts us in this mentality of lack and like, oh, well, I don't have enough to go out and go buy a Balenciaga bag on, you know, on the drop of a dime if I want to. Um, so having that and knowing that, you know, all of my needs and my basic needs are taken care of, you can then move forward mentally a little bit better um, knowing that you are okay. And I had to remind myself of that too, because I would be like, oh, I'm broke or I'm doing this. But my dad's like, no, like you're chilling. Like you have a good car, you got gas, you got food, you got a house, you're chilling. Um, and so I was like, okay, you know what? I, I am cool. Like I am chilling. I am fine. Like this is enough. And if you do need those um, little things to make your life feel a lot more romanticized, you can find ways to do that within the means that you have, whether it's buying an extra $10 smoothie or something a week, um, just making it to where it's still fitting in your budget and knowing that you're still going to be okay. Um, and also, uh, I also wanted to touch on the emotional part because knowing that your money is tied to your emotions is a really huge thing because we're in our 20s our emotions are going to be up down everywhere and around um and it's going to be fluctuating and we are still trying to you know learn ourselves and learn how to control our emotions and our reactions to certain things and so understanding and getting to that root cause and knowing that it's a lot deeper than just a simple swipe of a card and knowing that an emotional reaction had to happen first in order for you to swipe that card that is something that is a really great realization to have within yourself because um, whenever you do feel that specific type of thing, you know that that emotion is your trigger. And then once you realize your trigger and then your reaction to reward that trigger, then you get to see and have more control over how you respond when you are triggered in that way. So that is definitely a really important part. And then I also want to point out um, the part about being broke and being okay with it while you're being an entrepreneur and getting your feet off the ground. So that is something that I had to really come to terms with as well, because, you know, I would go and complain and cry to my dad and be like, oh, like I, I'm 
struggling financially in this area and I have imposter syndrome because, you know, I'm a budget coach and I'm teaching other people how to manage their money, but I feel like I don't have enough money. And, you know, who am I? And, you know, just all those negative thoughts that are coming into my head. And he had to remind me, he's like, you know, this is the life that you chose. Like you chose to be an entrepreneur. You have to buckle down and, you know, get greedy with it because that is what the reality of it is. You're building your own thing. You don't have anybody else to fall back on. You don't have your company, you know, taking the blame or the fall for what's happening. Like you have it all. And so you have to uphold that. And knowing that you made that choice, that was a more of an empowerment thing for me. It's like, okay, I'm empowered to be in this financial struggle at the moment because I made that choice and I knew what I was getting myself into. So really just looking at it differently and understanding like this is a part of the game and I'm going through it and this is gonna make my story even better is going to really like fuel you to keep going and have that motivation to even just make money in your business. Cause when you don't have money or you, the hustler comes out of you to make that money. So if you're not, <laughs> if you're in a state where you feel like you don't have enough, the hustler is gonna kick in and you're going to work even harder harder at your business. So yeah, it's definitely a good thing. The minute you said your dad is like, you picked this, I was like, oh, <laughs> it's a hard truth to swallow, but it like, it is true. Like we don't businesses, it's hard. You just don't know. You can make 10,000 this month, 500 the next month. And it's just like, it's so hard. So especially with the fluctuating fluctuation of like how much you make, um, just moving into the next part, which I love this part of the conversation. It's just understanding the money that you make from your corporate nine to five. So literally like till this day, do I understand my pay stuff? No. Do I need to? Yes. Do I feel like that's, we really just care. I feel like more about like how much you're taking out and how much actually comes into my pocket, but there's so many other aspects of a pay stuff to look at. Um, so how, and then you work in HR as well. So it's like, how do you, how can someone who has no knowledge of um, finances, maybe their first real corporate job, how can they look at their pace and understand it? Are there certain keys and tricks to really understand what this means? Help us out, Jada. Yeah, the number one thing is to talk to your HR and payroll. That's what I would say because they have the most knowledge about the business structure itself because each business is going to be different. Um, so the different benefits that they offer, the different taxes that they take out. Um, so it's all going to be different, but at the same time, the same. So if you look at a corporate paycheck of just a generalized paycheck, you'll see that your taxes are being taken out and you have a couple of different taxes. One will be your state taxes. And so if you live in Virginia, it'll say VA taxes. Um, and then if your federal income taxes, and that's the one that we all know, <laughs> that tax return time, that's exactly the money that you're looking for is the federal and the state. And then you have your social security taxes and then your Medicare taxes or Medicaid. I forget which one. Um, but you have those taxes and those taxes go and that's not something that you get back in return. Those you just pay. Um, and you are essentially paying half of that and your employer is, is paying the other half. So that is another thing that business owners need to watch out for because now you're your employer and the employee. So you have to pay both and you are essentially paying more. Um, but going back to the corporate taxes, basically when you're looking at your paycheck, you want to make sure that those four main taxes are there because if not, then you're going to be in trouble and you're going to owe. So you want to make sure that those are there. Um, but filling out the forms itself when you first get that job is going to be the determining factor of how much is being taken out of your paycheck for those taxes. So when they give you your W-4, um, that's going to be the form that you fill out to put your tax information 
in. And then the W-2 is what you get at the end of the year for you to file your taxes with. So your W-4, you can file exempt, but just know that exempt means that you're going to be getting the most amount of money back for your paycheck. So when you file exempt, that means no taxes are being taken out and all of your money is going straight to you. Now, there's something that you can do with that. And instead of having your job take the taxes and file it for you and pay it throughout the year, you can actually file exempt, keep the money and then invest it so that it's working for you and actually building something. And then at the end, you will owe, but you have the money and plus some because it's already been working and generating more money for you. So that is an option, or you can have it being taken out. Um, and essentially with it being taken out each paycheck, you are doing like a, a free loan to the government basically. And by the time that it's all done and they have to pay you back, that's the tax return time. You basically overpaid in taxes and that's why you're getting a tax return. So that's what that means. So if you don't wanna be doing that, you can either have, um, you can file and claim yourself as a dependent and then you can then get more money back in your paychecks but you have to also know that there might be potential for you to owe in taxes um, but it's all about what you want and how you really want to play the game you have to be disciplined if you're going to file exempt and invest that money you have to be disciplined and also I would say little risk not large risk um, because you want to make sure that you have enough money to pay that in taxes or else it's going to be like thousands of dollars and you're going to be like scared and struggling. So, yeah. Question for you. So you being in HR, I feel like you're like our secret spy to everyone who doesn't understand how it really works. So filing exam, would you say, like, obviously it depends on the person what they want, but would you say more so depends on how much you're actually making? Like, would you probably suggest this to someone who's making $15 an hour or more so, okay, they're making up to 85 an hour. They can probably take this risk of doing exempt and being that discipline or it just really depends on the person. It really just depends on the person because no matter how much you're making, you're going to be getting taxes taken out. Um, it also depends on like the hours and stuff like that. But if generally speaking, rule of thumb if you no matter what you're making your taxes are going to be taken out and it's really just up to the person depending on if they feel like they can like really be a master of that money and make it flip <laughs> and invest it and then grow it if they feel confident that they can do that then do that um because that money essentially is your money and you can make it work for you instead of just lending it out free for the government or you can just overpay and then get that return um at the beginning of the year so it's really up to you i mean i know a lot of people love getting that return because then it feels like christmas to them and they're like oh yay like now i have all this money it is. like exactly like people love to have a lump sum of money come in and i get that so it's really just like an opportunity cost of do you want to have less now and more later or more now make it work for you and pay it back and then sticking to the whole corporate America, 401ks, retirement funds, all of that. What can you say? I know my first job out of college, I don't know why I was stupid and just didn't even think of it. Like my first job had no benefits, no nothing, like nothing at all. And I worked it for a year and a half. And you full-time or part-time? I think technically part-time. Yeah, part-time you don't get benefits. I don't think that my job or part time now. I think my I think that job. I don't think, I don't think you're part time at your job. Why? Like depends on your hours. hours. Twenty hours. Because, huh? Twenty hours. I only work twenty hours. Maybe yeah, I, I got I 
I got dental. I got all that. Because I thought you don't get benefits for part-time. You can get benefits part-time. It's, oh. Um, you can get benefits part-time, but it really is up to the company because they are paying as well for those benefits partly. So <laughs> they are putting in. Um, so it's really up to the company whether they want to offer it to part-time employees or not. My first company was trash, clearly. Um, <laughs> so I got no benefits. So I didn't really, un- like, I never had to deal with, like, okay, health insurance being taken out and 401ks until I got to the job I'm currently at now. And then they're talking about 401ks and doing this. I'm like, this is more money that I am taking out of my paycheck. But obviously it's for the better. But what advice would you give to those people, especially those who are just starting, they just want that money, like regarding 401ks and retirement funds? Do you think it is smart to start as long as you can? Or to those people who just like, you know what, I don't care when I retire, retire, I'll find a way to make the money. Um, so it's, Again, this financial stuff is all case by case, especially with people. Um, But I would definitely say general rule, the earlier, the better to start um, because of the compounding effect of it. So the more that you put in, the longer that it sits, the more it's going to compound and the larger it's going to grow and the faster it's going to grow. So I would definitely say start as soon as you get that first job and you have the benefits and they're offering that to you, do it. Um, And it's really good because some of them have 401k matching programs where you're able to say, okay, I'm going to put in a hundred dollars. And then if the company says, okay, I'm going to match you 50%, I'm going to match you a hundred percent, then they're going to put in 50 or a hundred dollars with you in addition to your, um, your input to the 401k plan. And so it's not just your money, but they're investing into your future as well. So that's always a good thing. So if you have a matching program, definitely take advantage of that um, as soon as you possibly can. And that's something that you just don't touch. If you do have to take out of your retirement fund, um, I mean, there are different types of accounts like a Roth or a regular traditional one. Um, So the Roth is the one where you aren't taxed on takeout, but you're taxed. Basically, you're getting them, you're putting the money in after the money was already taxed so that you don't have to worry about um, paying taxes on it because the money was already taxed. But if you have a traditional one, they're taking it out of your gross instead of your net pay. So then when you do take it out, you are going to be taxed on it. So it's really um, depending on the type of account that you have and also it, whether or not the um, company is matching. But regardless of that, I would say start as soon as possible. I have my own um, retirement account totally on the side. It's through Acorns. Um, I do that because my company doesn't have it at the moment. So I took the liberty to do it for myself because I wanted to start as soon as possible. And I know you see like all those graphs sometimes where they say, oh, you start at 21 and you put this amount in. And then by the time you're like 60 something, you can be a millionaire. Um, That's true. It's true. It's very true. So look at the chart, see where you are and then start there and really sit down and speak with somebody so that you know exactly how much you want to um put in so that you can have that end goal later yeah definitely start as possible when i started working at my job so i was fresh out of college so i was only like 22 i was only putting 15 dollars in 15 dollars and let me tell you that 15 dollars came in handy because i'm looking at that now i'm like okay baby <laughs> we are going somewhere and i'm happy that i started small because gradually, I, I've been at my old, I was at my old job for about five years. And gradually, as you know, you get an increase, you increase that. So it went from 15 to 20 to 30, and they're matching it. 
if I knew what matching was, I wasn't paying attention at orientation. But if I knew that my job was matching, I would have put more, you know, I would have put either 50 and I know that it's 100, you know, but start small, like you say, anybody just like wherever your job is, if it's $10, you can put in or $20, it makes a big difference, complete difference within the years, two years, three years, it's going to matter, you're going to see an absolute difference in it. Yeah, and it's definitely all out of sight, out of mind. Because if that money is just going, you don't you don't even see it. So don't even worry about it. Okay, it's doing what it needs to do for you and your future. <laughs> don't um, I actually recently looked at my retirement from probably like maybe two months ago, and just like every time I feel, and I'm gonna start, stop using the word broke after this conversation, but just for this purpose, every time I'm feeling broke, I think about sis, you got a couple thousand just chilling, waiting for you for later on, but you have that. God forbid you ever needed it, but you have that. And then I remember last year, um, I created a separate bank account from a bank that I know was nowhere near me, a bank that I don't use for my normal savings and checkings. And I put 50, like $100 in a month, and that's my house money. Like when I want to buy a house, and I got over 1000 in there too. So it's like, I have money saved other places. And um, there's this app I started using maybe two years ago, Digit. And I don't know if you've heard of it, but it takes like, you know, some money from your account and puts it into different savings accounts that you created. And I recently had a graduation cookout and um, I had to pay the DJ. And like I said, I worked 20 hours. So I used to work 40, I cut down to 20 and I'm still kind of paying for grad fees even though I graduated already, blah, blah, blah. And I was down bad. I'm like, girl, I don't even know how to pay this DJ. And this DJ is my friend. I'm like, I can't, you know? And I went to the um, the digit app and I had more than enough to pay for him just off that savings alone. And it's just kind of like, every time I feel like, yo, you really don't have money. I'm like, yo, but since you got a little bit here, you got a little bit there, you got a little bit there. But not even a little bit, you got a lot of it everywhere, you know? And it's just like, you may feel it right now, but in times like where you need to pay a DJ and there's no penalties because it's just an app and you pay $5 every month for it. I had way more than I needed and I was able to use all of that to pay. And I'm just like, oh, that felt good. Mm -hmm. So I kind of to say like sometimes like, you know, if I had had that money in front of me and not tucked away, I would have spent it. So sometimes you need to know yourself as well. Like I need an app that's just going to take without me even realizing because if it doesn't, I'm going to spend it. Yep. So this is what we're going to do. So I hear apps throwing out. Um, you have Acorn for your retirement fund. Tati has digits. I have True Blue. True Blue is like, it helps me budget. I create a budget and it tells me, it tells me when I'm over my eating budget, my bill budget. It's amazing. I think it's, it tells you what, um, what, what payment is coming up and it keep, helps you keep track. Um, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to share this on our um, YouTube page because I know that we each individually have a link that I know that we can share and we can get points for, a bonus for. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to share these amazing links to you guys, Acorn, Digit, True Blue. We're putting you guys on. You guys can go ahead, sign up. I think Digit, I use Digit's actually before and it's amazing, like Tati said. So we're giving you guys the gems right here. Help us help you. <laughs> um, I remember last time we met, um, Jada, we dived into the um, um, retirement fund hacking. And that's currently something that I'm diving into now myself. 
So I definitely would want to share that with our audience. And you can tell us a little bit more about retirement fund hacking and how you can go about it. I know there's like pull and there's term. It's just, it makes my head spin and I'm trying to understand it as much as possible. I've been watching so much videos. It's just like, damn, adulting is too much. Like, why did they not teach us this in college? I paid money for what? When you guys could have clearly create I don't know, economics class or something as like the prerequisites. Before graduating. Before graduating, so I can understand situations like this. You remember Regis, our senior year, I'm not going to say her name, but a girl created adulting 101 type of club. She did, she did. No one ever went. No one, we showed up once. We showed up, we we were like, oh, we're going to be there. We never came back, but I think... I that's think that that's important, but you know, we all know why they won't do that because if we know too much. Yeah, but that needs to be like, not even like an elective course, like a mandatory course. Give that mandatory. credit. Give that credit. They're never, they're never gonna, they're never gonna do it. So it's just like at our generation. I feel like we're becoming more literate with finance yeah. and everything. So I feel like opening that, you know, route. And there's more people like Jada out here now that are just like helping like Gen Z and just like that way, you know, more generations know about um, their finance and understands it more. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, that's why I started what I started because I was in college and I said, listen, I see too many of my friends not even knowing that a savings account is an essential thing that they need. And they were saving in their checking account. And I was like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> we can't do that. We're too grown. We can't do that anymore. We have to move on to a savings account. But no, it's it's true. And, and the sad part is, is that people are now forced to have to go find this information out online. And the downside with online is that there's a flood of information and you then have to cipher between the good information, the bad information, the true information, the, you know, the clickbait information. So you really have to understand and have discernment with the information that you're reading and really trust the sources that you're getting it from online. And that's the scary part about everybody finding out about money online, you know? Um, and I really do wish that it was in high schools. And that's one of my things is I want to go out into high schools. I need to get over this fear that I have, but I need to go out to high schools and really teach the high school students, have a course, have these programs and talk about this with them. Because I know high school students are the first ones to get jobs for real. They're the ones that's out there trying to grind during the summertime so they can go have those, you know, amusement park tickets. So that's the type of stuff that I really want to teach them. Um, but in terms of the um, the hacking part, um, you said life in, no, you said retirement fund, but I believe it's life insurance that you're yes, referring life, to. life insurance, sorry. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know too much about like the different types of life insurance, but I know that with the, um, the lifetime one, if you do open that up and you're putting money into that, it's growing and growing. And then you can create a trust for it so that when you do go, it's basically like creating your own bank so that it's growing at a rate. And then you can borrow money based off of that life insurance policy and have it to where you can invest it into something that's going to generate more income for you that then you can then pay off that loan from the, um, the, the, uh, where am I? <laughs> losing my words from the life insurance policy there you go so you're going to be investing the money that you loaned out from the policy into something that's going to generate more income so that then you can pay that back and while you're even just taking the loan out your money is still working for you so it's literally a bank that you can tap into when you need to go get a down payment for a house when you need to go get a down payment for a car if any of your family members siblings or 
anybody that you give access to, let me say, <laughs> um, to the account can tap into this fund and use it as a resource for them. If anybody wants to start a business, that can definitely jumpstart them. So we're building our own banks for us and the banks do that. Banks take our money and invest it into life insurance policies. And so if they're doing it, we need to be doing it and we need to understand the benefits of it. And I see that you had a question. Yeah, because I, Ellie, this is what you're doing, right? Yeah, this is what I currently, yeah, I'm doing this now. So basically the reason why I started doing this is I have money that I want to pay off grad school. I'm not, sorry, I paid off grad school and someone was just like, so how'd you pay off grad school? I was like, out of pocket. And they're like, well, if you had taken what you had saved and put it into your life life insurance, right? Mm -hmm. Is it life insurance? Yeah, life insurance. Um, then you would have gotten that money back over time because you're borrowing money from yourself and repaying yourself back, calling infinite banking. So I'm like, okay, I have more, I'm always repaying. So I'm like, I have my car that I'm going to repay. So, hey, this money's sitting in my saving. Let me just put it in a life insurance, have it built over time, borrow that money back. And over time, within the next 10 years, I'm going to be making that money back. So, so question. So you know how you get life insurance through your job, right? Mm-hmm. Would you suggest Jada getting one that's not associated with your job? Um, that part I really don't have too much information on, mm-hmm. but I know that if you do have a life insurance policy through your job, um, there I want to say funding it also in some way. Okay. So that's probably the catch to it, but I don't want to say too much because I don't know the difference between the two. So then back to what you're saying about the life. So if I were, so basically, because this sounds good, so I need to make sure I'm understanding it. And you know, something sounds a little bit too good to be true. You got to make sure. So basically I can create um, a life insurance fund, policy fund, right? put money in it over time and grows a girl. Okay, boom, now I'm gonna buy a house. So instead of taking a loan out from the bank for like say a down payment or maybe just, so then I take money from my life insurance fund that I've built over time, use that money to um, to put the down payment, but I still have to pay that money back. But instead I'm paying it back to myself, not necessarily a bank. Exactly, and with the, comp- with the interest, the compound interest, right? Compound interest. Yeah. You're, it's more compared to if it was sitting in your, um, in your um, savings. And on top of that, you're not taking it from a bank. You're taking it from you. This is the money that you've been saving. Mm-hmm. And um, what, there's no interest. That you're not paying nobody back. You're paying there's yourself. No, there's no penalties for taking money out. There's no, there's no penalty. You can take um, how much money you want. And that's the thing when, so I'm currently doing this with New York Life. And that's the thing he was telling me. He's like, his son is like one years old and he started this for his son. So by the time his son's like 18, his college tuition is already paid for. And it's just like, he's just putting money monthly into it. And it's just like the money's building up. And it also becomes a, um, God forbid something happens to you. It also becomes like a, it is your life insurance. So that money goes to your mom or like your dad, whoever you put on there as your, beneficiary so it's like it becomes like right now god forbid something happened to me i'm not gonna say how much because yeah. some, um but like it my parents will get a good chunk yeah. of that money even though i didn't even pay it i didn't Why pay that you know? 
this? Why don't we know? About um, so clearly, he said the reason why we don't know about this because um, the masters, <laughs> the masters are the ones that know about this. And the this masters, legal? I don't know if it's legal because Ellie's not gonna do nothing illegal. Jada's not gonna tell us illegal. Like, no, but you know, it's not so good to be true. Like this, legal. it's legal. It's legal, and you know your reti- um, your life insurance from work. You can also borrow money from it too, right, Jada? for house and all that, but we don't know that. Nobody knows that. Instead, everyone's borrowing money from bank. And if you have 50 grand sitting in your life insurance and you have, um, you want to take out a loan, here you are taking out a loan from a bank when you could have taken that 50 grand from your life insurance. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we don't know this because the masters, they know this. Um, so there you go. This with my life insurance through my job. Yeah. Just the other day, someone was telling me how he, um, in order to borrow a loan from for his um, house that he bought, he borrowed it from his, um, I believe his, four, he actually said his 401k. I'm not too sure about that one, but I know life insurance, you can borrow money from it. But, but I'll also put the link. I'll put it, the link for the life insurance. It has insurance. to be a specific type of life insurance. I want to yes. say it has to be whole life insurance. So. It has to be whole. Yeah. Because there's a difference. Like, you have to look into the whole and you got to look into the term life insurance. So that's, I'll put down, I'll put the link, guys, in the YouTube. Um, but there is a difference between whole and term. It's like, honestly, this is something that everyone can educate themselves on because I myself don't know much. I've been just doing my research over time. I started doing this and I just... Still, I have faith that, you know, it's going to benefit me at the end, but I'm still trying to educate myself as much as possible. Yeah. And even if it's, um, even if you're just putting in money for life insurance, just for the regular life insurance concept, um, honestly, yeah, you can start. I know a lot of people are like, well, where should I start? Um, Usually you can start as early as you want to, um, but until you really have like kids or like, like super heavy responsibilities left behind or you know assets or anything um for people to pay off or debt or whatever you know then i would definitely start then um for me personally unless i'm trying to do that concept then i probably wouldn't start until i'm like 25 or or something like that um or until i I don't know, get married or have a kid or something. That's just me personally. Um, but yeah, for the whole concept though, I want to start out. <laughs> for the concept of the infinite banking concept, yeah, definitely yeah. start as early as possible. Jada just feel so old, guys. She goes, oh, bro. Like, my like, over here, 27. When she's like, when I'm 25, I was like, 25. <laughs>
zero APR. Um, so those types of benefits are really good. It's really up to you on what you want. But with credit cards, it's mainly about how much of the debt you're using, the percentage of it how long you have your um, accounts open for, and then how consistent you are on paying your um, paying your debt back. So that's all gonna come into your credit score and like build it up essentially to what it's gonna be. So if you just opened your account and you're paying your payments on time and you're using under, let's say like 10 to 30% of it, then you're, credit score is going to be gradually increasing. Um, over time, your limit is going to increase. The more they trust you, the more your limit's going to increase. Um, with that, then your usage can increase and it's not going to negatively affect you as much. So really, it's just about length of time. It's a it's a real tortoise race with that one. Um, you don't want to make any like act, like fast action moves. And what I really try to point out to my clients is that having credit is basically like almost having another emergency fund because that one is is it's really it's quick it's easy it's there for you to use you do have to pay it back um but it's not going to take you a couple months to save up this emergency fund you get what i'm saying so there's different things um there's different pros and cons to having a credit card as an emergency fund um i definitely think that is something that is a good thing to look at because i mean business owners use credit all the time in order to fund their businesses they get loans they get um different investors that's not really credit but definitely with the loans that they're taking out for their business they have to pay that back um but it's okay and if you are using your credit to get you somewhere to then be able to have more money to pay it back with then you're a-okay um, you're using it smartly and you have intention behind it i know some people use it just for groceries and then they pay the money off you have to be using your credit cards in order to be building your um your credit score but there are other ways to start building your credit if you don't have a credit card so if you're in college and you're like oh i don't want to touch a credit card right now that's fine even your student loans are building your credit um going to get a car is building your credit. Um, things like that will be building your credit along the way. So definitely look into that um, and start small. If you if you feel scared, yeah, definitely start small. I, I highly recommend paying things that you know that you'll pay off on your credit card. So I started this year with a really low um, credit score and my goal was to get my credit score like 700s. So what I started to do is um, when I go out to eat, I pay on my credit card, but you gotta be disciplined. Pay on my credit card, pay my phone bill on my credit card. Um, and then also there's the cash back or um, pay certain things on your credit card. So now when you're paying on your credit card, immediately the day after or the day right after you pay, pay that off. So I was buying my flights on my credit card, get cash back. And then that same night I was paying it off. So I'm, le I'm using my debit card less and my credit cards more. I already have the money in hand. I'm just trying to use my credit card to build my credit score and just pay it. And also if you schedule a day every Friday, like Capital One, every Friday I schedule my payments where it just takes the money out. So I schedule for a month that I wanna take out $50, pay off $50 every week. And it takes that out every Friday. Now, if I had $200 that was on my credit card. Now I'm down to like, I paid it off, you know, by the end of the month. So I highly recommend using your credit card for most of your items. My debit card, I rarely use it nowadays. It's like once in a while, I'll be like, oh, 
I'll swipe it, but it's mainly my, um, my credit card. Like if you have a, um, American express Amex card too, when you go out to eat with your friends, um, everyone always cash apps you or they sell you for when you split the bill, just put it on your card and then have everybody send you the money. You get points back. You're getting those points back. And you know, they're just on, you're paying that money right away that night. Cause everyone's cash apping you and selling you. So it's just like, it's, you gotta know how to really be smart with your credit card because um, I follow this girl on Instagram and she told me how she was telling everyone how she went on her honeymoon for a month in Bali. And everyone's like, Oh my gosh, how did you spend a month in Bali with your husband? She's like cash back. She's like, I didn't pay for anything. It's all the cash back on my credit card book here on my credit card, cash back, pay it back. So it's just like, be smart on using your credit card and that um, 18 month zero APR, APR, right? So um, that is smart too, because like, hey, you know, buy, make sure you pay off within the 18 month because those interest rates are not low. They're like 15.00, 24.00. That's where they get you. So make sure that you can use those credit cards that are, you know, 18 months, zero APR, but make sure that you pay those out before the 18 months. Yeah. And that, that is a really, really good hack, honestly, to really get your cash back. Cause like you said, you know, especially large purchases. And the thing about it is you can make large purchases that are over the 30% and get that cash back, but you have to pay it off before your statement posts. So it doesn't affect your score. Um, and really with the, um, the concept that you're talking about, that one, it really does require a lot of self-discipline because people will look at the money that's sitting in their bank account on their debit card and then also see that their credit card has space. And then they'll just like, you know, I'll, like, oh, I'll pay that back later. So you really, really have to be on it. So that's really good that you have a scheduled payment so that some type of payment is being made on it. Um, but yeah, that way is definitely, I will caution people, you have to, you know, you have to know yourself um, and really have to uh, get into that. One thing you said um, when we're talking about just building credit, I remember my mom got me my first car when I was um, 17. She put it under my name. The God bless my mom. She ended up paying it all off for me. By the time I was able to get a real job, she had already finished paying the car off. But because it was under my name, by the time I wanted to open a credit card, like, oh, you got credit? I was like, I do? And then my mom explained to the banker, like, yeah, she has... Um, I got a car in her name, paid it all off. So my mom built my credit for me before I even realized what she was doing and put me in a good like financial standpoint. By the time I was like, what, 21, I was able to open my first credit card and everything was good. And I really appreciate her for that because I didn't know. Like, you know, she got me a car, yay. Like, I didn't understand what she was doing necessarily. And like, I feel like, I mean, and maybe not a lot of parents know like they could do that for their kid. If you're going to buy your kid a car, might as well put it under your name. I mean, under their name to help them get that little, you know, footing in the door. So I really appreciate her for that. And then um, the 18 APR thing. The last time we were recorded, you um, basically went to de more detail about. So APR, for those who don't know, and the 18 was like, how? Explain that to someone who really doesn't know. And I think you said a tip of like, once the 18 months is up, get another one. Something like that on our last recording that we weren't able to put out. 
Oh, yes. So basically right now I'm in the process of paying down a lot of debt from an investment in a business coach. And what I'm doing is I'm taking the cash, well, the debt that I have, and I transferred it to a 0% APR for 18 months. And I'm knocking down as much debt as I can while I don't have the interest. So the APR is basically the interest rate. And that interest rate is going to, like you said, be very high on the ones that have that 0% for the first 18 months. That is the catch to it. Um, but when you're paying off your debt and you're using this as a strategy, you can transfer your balance to it, knock down as much as you possibly can without worrying about the interest kind of like pulling you back. And then once that eight before the 18 months is up, okay, like a month before the 18 months is up, transfer your balance to another one if you're not done paying that off and then knock it down. Um, the one thing about it is, is that yes, you're gonna have probably a lot of open accounts, but that's okay because you're building time with those. So the longer that you have them open, you're a-okay as long as nothing is really negatively affecting them. So you're 100% fine, um, nothing's affecting them and you can continue to transfer your balance and knock down that rate until you feel like it's at a manageable amount for you. How are you able to transfer that? So when you say transfer your debt, like what does that necessarily mean when you say you're transferring it to APR? So basically you are just putting in a application for a transfer balance. So if you go to any bank's website um, and you're applying for a credit card, they'll ask you if you want to, if you're trying to um, transfer a balance. And if you do, then you'll have to, you do have to pay a fee. Um, it's either a percentage or it's a flat rate fee. Um, and then you'll have that transferred over to that card so that now it's under their terms and conditions instead of the previous um, I guess, what is it, debtor or debt? Yeah. Listen, all the finance terms, <laughs> that's the other reason why people get so confused because they put it in these terms that are like super like technical um, and they don't break it down to where people in high school and people who, you know, don't go to college or don't seek that extra knowledge can understand like that. Yeah, they... They make it so <laughs> they make it so complicated for no reason. <laughs> oh wow. Thank you for explaining that. Um, I feel like this, I learned a lot more from this conversation too. Like I learned from the last one. Yeah. I, the last one. <laughs> I feel like I'm financially ready. Like those who know, like I'm in a transitional phase where I'm studying for my board, then hopefully by the fall I'm gonna start like a real big girl career where it's salary, not hourly. And I don't even know how to feel about that. But yeah. So I feel like now um, is where I really want to make before the year's over, like have a budget, create a financial plan, have a like, where do I want to see myself this time next year, do all these things to really get myself secure because before I saved all my money, it was for school, which I it was able to pay off out of pocket, no loans, thank God. But now all of my savings that was so big and higher down to zero dollars, <laughs> but for a good cause, but I'm ready to build that back up. I'm ready to build that back up. So I just feel like now is the time where I'm finally going to be making real money again and a lot more than I've ever seen. So now I need to be a lot more responsible with this type of money that I've never seen before. So this conversation is definitely about that. Yes, and I want to say that um, with, with that concept though, 
for anybody who's thinking that they're that they have to wait until they're making more money to start budgeting no like if even if you're making five dollars all a budget is is an organizational tool for you to plan out how you want to use that money so that it can really benefit you in the way that you want it to so if you have five dollars budgeting looks like okay i'm gonna spend two dollars on this i don't know like scooter ride i'm, I'm gonna spend a dollar on a lollipop and i'm gonna spend you know the other two dollars on something else planning it to where you are getting the most out of what it is that you're investing in and i always tell all my clients you know however much you're spending no matter what you're spending it on always think about spending money as an investment because we put more weight when we say oh it's an investment because we're expecting a positive return on that investment so whatever you're spending money on even if it's food at the grocery store make sure that you're investing in the foods that's going to give you the return that you really want if you want to eat healthy and you want to have a healthier lifestyle invest into the foods that are going to help you get that lifestyle that you want so anytime you're spending money think about the return that it's bringing you and then that'll help you when you're going out and spending money and you're not really thinking about it now you're putting more thought into it because you're putting more weight on it by calling it an investment investment and looking at it and switching the perspective from just spending money to investing your money. Definitely. I yeah. love that. I that just that hit me personally because every time I'm trying to eat healthy, I'm like, okay, a salad's five dollars, but a burger off the dollar menu is a dollar. So I trick myself to think I'm doing a good thing. Cause I'm, oh I say four dollars but I just go for the burger versus like but since you want to lose weight though. So it's like if I'm investing in the five dollar salad because I'm gonna see five inches off the waist. You know, so I like that. I like that mindset. It's really all perspective. A lot of it. I never realized how much money was mental. Never realized how much very, that was. Very. It's very mental. Very mental. I, I, from the last time we met Jada, um, our first time recording our first episode together, I really had to sit with myself and be like, what is it about? Like, what control does money have on me? Like. I like to see a certain amount in my checking account. If it's not there, I'm like, <gasps> like I start panicking. Um, I look at my budget. Recently, I've been looking at my budget. Not recently. Um, I think I've gotten better within this month. But last month, for a while, I was panicking like crazy. I was looking at my budget every single day. I was like, okay, someone's like, what are you doing? I'm just like, I'm looking at my budget. I'm, re I'm rearranging it. And I was just like, that's not healthy. Because I know I'm okay. It's just I'm panicking because it's just like, Okay, what can I do better? But then I realized, girl, you are comfortable. You know, there could be room for improvement. You are fine. You budgeted fine. Let's just put the budget away and just like, let's just work on, you know, executing the budget. So I just found out that my anxiety is related to my budget sometimes. If I find myself, okay, if I went out twice during the week and I know that I didn't budget twice to go out this week for, you know, empire and ocean prime then i start to panic but then i realize that you know sometimes a month you'll have some setbacks but just get right back back at it again next month and another thing that tati and i i was talking to tati the other day about is also budgeting for what you see your life could like where you want to be so what i've done is that i've budget like where I would actually be the most happiest. So it's just like, if I want to live in a nice penthouse, I'm budgeting for three grand rent. So I put that in or like, what kind of car I would want to drive and how much, hopefully if I was to pay it off, but instead monthly 
monthly payment. So it's just like, I budget, I have a separate budget of like how much I should make monthly for me to live my happy, soft life, black girl, magic. um, Manifesting your- It is. It's coming, honey. It's coming. It's coming. It's It's another way of manifesting what you, the life you want to live, the income that looks like. So let me already prepare for that because it's coming my way. It's a good mindset. It's a good mindset. No, yeah, that's literally, when you were saying that, I was like, okay, wow, that's like vision boarding with your finances. And it's really a great thing because I do this with my clients, but I never thought about it in that way. So that's really good. I do, I do it so that they know how much they need to go out and get. And that's a part of it. But really sitting down with yourself and saying, what do I want is so important because we all have this idea of the lifestyle that we want, but sitting down and seeing, okay, how much is this really going to cost me? And then, okay, I see how much I need to be making. Now, how much do I need to be making plus taxes so that I can make that in gross? Okay, that's the, that's the catcher. Don't let them play you on that. No. Don't let them play you. <laughs> exactly. So I really, really love the fact that you said that because that's really important. Um, and that's what I do every single time I'm like about to make a move or I'm just wanting to sit down and really make goals for myself. I do financially put that piece in there. Um, and it really does work every single time. Um, recently, I started this one year blitz with my friend. He hit me up one day and was like, hey, you want to do this one-year blitz thing with me and write out our goals for the year? And one of my goals was to get a promotion at work and to get a salary increase to the specific amount. And I wrote that down. And then the day that we were supposed to start it, he, you know, texted me in the morning. He was like, hey, Jada, it starts today. And it surely did because that day they called me and gave me the promotion and the exact dollar amount that I asked for and I put down on the paper. I love it. So I'm telling you, write it down, make it plain. And, you know, I think I read something. It was, I either read it in a book or heard it on a podcast where someone said, if you have this specific lifestyle or you want something, you have to already have the plan for it. Like if you're asking God for, oh, I want, you know, a million dollars. Well, he needs to know that you're going to be able to know what to do with that. So if you are planning it out and you're already putting yourself in the mindset of, okay, this is how I'm going to be budgeting the amount of money that I have when I have that much, then it's already going to feel easier because you're already working in that flow of having it. You're not, you know, saying, oh, when I get that amount of money, then I'll budget for that amount. No, you're budgeting for it now so that when you get there, you already know what to do and the world, universe, God, whoever, whatever you want to call it, you know, really already knows that you know what you're going to be doing with it. So you're there. You're really like taking what you want in the future and putting it into your present. And that's always, always a really great thing. And that's a huge piece of manifesting. So yeah, that's definitely great. Uh, I love that. I have one last quick question, unless Ellie has something to ask after. So you work in HR. When people in like HR businesses, corporations, when they offer you like an offer letter, or this is going to be your salary for this year. It may depend on the company. Is that salary including like taxes? Is like like is that what you're going to make after taxes or this is what you're going to make and then boom, taxes is going to come out afterwards, but they don't necessarily save that. No, that's gross. That's going to be before the taxes are taken out. Um, so they're, they're, yeah, they're showing you this beautiful picture. And the yes. way that I put, the way that I got the number that I put down on that paper, I went in because I'm HR, so I can go in and do this. I created a mock check for myself to see exactly how much the taxes would be. And so I was like, I put in a number. I was like, no, nope, not enough. <laughs> put another number. No, nope, not enough. 
um, until I got to the number that I wanted and I saw the net value and I was like, okay, yes. There's a there's a I website for this. Yeah. There's a website. Girl, we're dropping the gems this episode. We're dropping the we're dropping the links. I mean, what they do is they play us. They play us. I work as a research administrator. So a lot of things I've been doing is hiring people fresh out of college. And let me tell you, they is playing. They are playing these babies. I'm seeing the salaries I'm offering and I'm like, I'm sorry, honey. It's okay. I had recently had a girl that she said, I'm sorry, I can't take this. I can't take this. And I was just like, I was not even mad when she told them she can't take the position because what? She's like, I honestly cannot live off this salary. I'm like, of course, honey, you can't. It's okay. Don't take the position. And it's just like, we need to know how much when they present 80K to you. Wow. Okay. I can live off 80K, but honey, that's probably 65 after um, taxes. That much? Yeah. It's really that much. It's like, it's a good 20 grand. It's a really good 20 grand um, under. Even even if you're like, yeah, making six figures, making six figures, honey, you're making 80 grand. (laughs) You're making 80 grand. Well, I'm not stressing because thank God I'm having, like God is doing this on purpose because like I said, I'm going to be soon in interviews where I'm getting offered salaries and the number is going to look nice. And I'm going to be like, "Hmm." well, I wouldn't be like, yeah, yeah." not knowing. Well, since you're about to lose like a good percent of that, this website do you need to know specific numbers? Like, how is it going to know, like, health insurance stuff? I got to wait and then see and then add that. Like, once I get the offer, then add and then how do I work that? How does that work? I don't think it would um, really calculate the life insurance because that's That's personal, yeah. That's like a benefit rather than taxes. But, um, so it's, yeah, so it's strictly for the taxes. But, I mean, general rule is going to be about 20%. General rule. It's going to be a little bit under, a little bit more, but, you know, depending on how much you make, um, but general rule for kind of like average person is going to be about 20% taken on taxes. Um, And yeah, the reason why I made it through like my actual company's um, system is just so I can get the exact number because it's probably like, you know, 21 point something percent or something like that. So I did it that way um, for that specific purpose. But yeah, when you're estimating and like trying to get a ballpark, definitely those websites are 100% a really good tool to use that, like you said, you're not swindled when they're saying they're saying, we're going to present you with this much, like know how much you can actually afford um, with that salary that they're offering you. So yeah, definitely. And never be afraid to um, ask for more. Never be afraid to. Always go for like some ridiculous amount and let them talk you down rather than you saying, oh, I want this. And it's already a low ball offer. And then they had, they was thinking that you was going to challenge them, you know? So definitely always like shoot your shot with yourself and really like put yourself out there and ask for the things that you want. Um, especially with the benefits too. Like if they don't have the 401k matching, ask them about it, you know, and like really understand the different benefits that can be um, presented to you and then find jobs based off of those. Um, and then also, you know, with the taxes, don't forget that hack. If you do want to be able to make that money work for you and have that then definitely you can file exempt, invest that money, make it work for you, and then pay it back at the end of the year. Um, So it's definitely not even pay it back, but pay the taxes. Um, So you can definitely do that. But again, you have to be disciplined and you have to know what you're doing. Um, So definitely do research on that. But yeah, this was such a great conversation, (laughs) y'all. It was. 
Oh, I learned so much. Oh my god. Part I, three. Part three coming soon. Part three Honestly, coming soon. Yeah, we're gonna have to do a part three. This is gonna be a whole series, guys. Y'all are gonna be like she's gonna be a recurring third co-host <laughs> at this point with all these gems that she drops. Honestly, especially like I feel like we're all going through different like phases in our financial journey. So you get me, you get Ellie, you get you. So it's like so many perspectives and can help people out who are on different tracks. Definitely, definitely. Definitely think the next time we meet, guys, I'll be in a whole different stage in life. So I'm like, we can go dive into that a little bit more. I'm like, hopefully I'm financially sane and stable, but I'll keep you guys updated. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Girlfriend's Guy Podcast. This was definitely, definitely one of my most favorite, memorable episodes. I learned a lot myself. Hopefully you guys did too. We have links that we are going to be dropping on the YouTube description. Sean, keep a look out. Some of them may be dropped on the post on Instagram as well. If you guys do not follow us at Girlfriend's Guide underscore podcast on Instagram. And then obviously um, Girlfriend's Guide podcast on YouTube. Oh, before we before I forget, Melanie Monday, Jada, you go right ahead. Take over, sis. Yeah, so the Melanin Monday is actually a book club that my partner and I created. Her name is Desiree, and we so we are bi-coastal. I'm on the East Coast. She's on the West Coast in California. And every single month, we read a new book together. So we have about 10 to 11 members. And this month, we're reading Queenie by Candace Cardi-Williams, and it's a really good book. So we switch between self-help and entertainment books. You don't have to worry about anything. The book is going to show up right there at your front door, along with all the other tools that's going to help you read effectively, like a notebook, highlighter pen, and really cute customized bookmarks that change every single month. This is the one for this month, and it's super cute. So it's called the Goal Friends Club, and friends that goal together, grow together, and we really are just here to uplift one another, um, share our ideas, share our perspectives on the books, and really just kind of continue to grow and motivate each other. So yeah, that one's um, really cool. You can follow us at Goal Friends Club on Instagram, and that will also be linked on the YouTube and, and the Instagram bio. I mean, we'll caption and yeah. And then you can find me also at Greenline Planner on Instagram. And my website is www.greenlineplanner.com. And it's green like the color green, line like a number line and planner like a budget planner. So yeah, thanks y'all for having me again. Thanks, Jada. Like I said, you guys will be able to find out more about the book club. We'll have a post that on our page. And we'll also have, if you scroll all the way back, you'll find it as well. But we're gonna post her again. That way you guys are able to find both um, things that she's doing. And thank you guys so much. Jada, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We really love this conversation. We appreciate all the gems that you dropped. And y'all stay tuned for part three because it's gonna happen. It's coming. It's coming, baby. Sure. Get ready. More gems. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks it. for watching. Bye.